There's this really cute, uh, meant to be funny story that I heard a long time ago about this mom who happened to be white and she wanted to make sure that her child who was about to begin school, uh, who was about to enter kindergarten, did not um, have any negative or ill feelings about people of other races and other ethnicities. She wanted to make sure that her, her child was well-rounded and that he wasn't a racist and that he knew how to interact with people of all possible backgrounds. So she determined that she was going to find a school that had diversity where her kid could be exposed to a bunch of different ethnic backgrounds and races and all these wonderful things and um, on the first day of school she dropped him off and she said go play with all the kids have a great time and i will see you this afternoon so she drops the kid off and leaves and she keeps thinking i don't know that i did enough to make sure that my kid interacts with all sorts of kids of all different uh, ethnicities and all these things so I, I need to make sure when he gets home in the afternoon that I let him know that he needs to be making friends with all the kids regardless of what they look like so she picks him up in the afternoon and the kid is all excited he had an amazing first day and he was loving kindergarten and then the mom asked the question so do you have any black friends or any brown friends any friends that are not white and the kid looks at her and goes, huh, I'm not sure. I'll look tomorrow. Is your family ready for whatever comes next? As we watch our realities transform almost overnight, parents, teachers, and significant adults wonder, are our kids really ready for this new world? How can we be sure they have all the tools they need? How can we inspire, encourage, and empower them to create secure futures in an uncertain world? How can we help them design better tomorrows? Those are the questions, and this podcast explores the answers. I'm Marcy Amaro, and welcome to Sincerely Speaking. So why did I tell you that story? Before I go any further, I want to clarify, um, podcast is an interesting medium, right? You're listening to my voice and you're probably hearing a bit of an accent and you're wondering, where is this Marcy Amaro with that weird last name from? Well, I am Puerto Rican and I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. My dad was born and raised in the continental U.S. He was actually born in Pennsylvania. My dad was fair-skinned. My mom is dark-skinned, um, dark-skinned Hispanic, right? Um, but but I do have a mix, right? My grandma was definitely black. And um, there's a bit of a, an interracial um, ethnic mix in my blood, right? So I don't, I didn't grow up thinking about all the differences and all the um, clashes that could occur between ethnicities and races. I really didn't. Uh, my first true experience with any of this happened when I entered college and I decided having lived my entire life in a tropical island that I wanted to experience different seasons a different environment that I wanted to go as opposite to home as I could so I went to Rochester New York which is extremely cold snows nine months out of the year I mean it's the opposite of a tropical island trust me so i decided to go over there for college and my very first experience with really feeling the tension and the difference between ethnicities happened when i got there 
Um, I'm not going to go into the whole story right now, but there were definite moments in which I felt like people were even afraid of me because of their perception of what a Puerto Rican was. Um, I finally started realizing that even though I considered my life, uh, I considered myself, sorry, my entire life to be pretty fair-skinned compared to other people, I'm not, right? And I started looking at all these differences and started thinking about all the distinctions, right, and all the differentiations and separations that happen as a result of just something as basic as our skin color. Uh, for the first time in my life, really looking at it once I entered college. I haven't really thought much about it since, to be honest with you, though, because I tend to use communication as my way to connect and communication has a lot of very universal elements that we will continue to talk about throughout our talks here at Sincerely Speaking but I tend to find ways to connect with most people and obviously there are some people that just you just can't reach for whatever reason um, and we will also talk about those reasons at some other time but right now I just want to admit, right, that after that initial shock of going from being surrounded by a bunch of people who were like me, in a sense, who experienced interracial um, connections and interracial families, to actually moving to a space where those distinctions were accentuated, were really marked. Um, after that, I went back to my little bubble of not really thinking about it much, of not really paying too much attention. Now, in recent times, <laughs> unless you live in an actual bubble, it is impossible for you to not stop for a minute and think about what all of these distinctions and separations based on skin color, based on ethnicity and race mean, where they're coming from, and what is happening. Now, if you've listened to my podcast uh, before or if you've watched any of my videos, you know that my focus is on communication. My focus is on how can we most effectively express ourselves and also most effectively listen, truly listen to one another in ways that create those connections regardless of anything else. So my focus is on those conversations that might make things worse or make them better, that might improve or that might hinder um, moving forward in certain areas. So as I have been quietly witnessing and paying attention and trying to notice all the tensions and the things that have been going on in our country, everything that has been happening related to uh, Black Lives Matter and all these movements and the protests and so forth, I keep thinking about what could be the communication element of it. What is that one thing that if we shifted our conversations around it could make the biggest impact in this whole situation. Now, I am not arrogant enough to think that I have the answer to the problem, and I would never say anything to try to make anybody wrong, because I really do believe that any effort you make to try to connect and communicate is valid. Any effort you make to try to bridge a gap that might uh, exist between you and another person is worthwhile and it's admirable and it's to be celebrated, right, and to be encouraged.
but I believe that as a society, as a generation maybe even, we have fallen into verbiage that has harmed rather than helped the situation. And I'll explain what I mean in a minute. Now, if you think back to, these, to the story that I started with, with the mom, that kid wasn't really paying attention to differences until the mom pointed them out, right? That kid wasn't looking to see who was different. He was looking to see who would play with him, right? So who would have something in common? They all wanted to play. That kid went into school thinking, I'm the outsider. So anybody who welcomes me in is going to be okay in my book, especially if they like the same things I like and are willing to play with me the way I like to play. So was the mom wrong to ask, do you have any friends that are of a different skin color? I don't know that she was wrong. She had great intentions. The, the issue starts with the fact that in trying so hard to make things better, we're actually making them worse. The conversation that we have become accustomed to, the way we communicate to our kids for the most part, or what I have seen be the most common way that we try to help our kids not be racist, right? Not create the separation between ourselves and others is trying to teach them or tell them that we're all equal. Now here's the problem. For most human beings, kids, teenagers, adults, for most human beings, they need to know that whatever belief system, whatever framework, whatever paradigm they have in their brain is consistent and is true. And one of the ways in which we do that is by looking for exceptions, right? So if you think about anything that you believe, anything that is important to you, you are going to realize that at some point you questioned, okay, so wait, this doesn't really fit in there. So how do I understand that part that doesn't fit? How do I understand that thing that doesn't really work? So we look for the consistency by identifying the inconsistency. And we also look for repetition. So how often does this happen? How often do I see the, the exception? How often do I see the rule? And then we start shifting and modifying our paradigms based on those things. Okay, I don't mean to get too deep, but I'm trying to make a point here. So what happens is we start telling our kids, everybody's the same everybody's equal but we don't really qualify what we mean by that so what happens kids go to school they start seeing all the different ways in which the kids around them are not the same as them they start seeing all the ways in which the adults around them are not the same as them or the same as you they start interacting with people and start realizing the million and a half different ways in which everybody's different and they start to think, wait a minute, this is a lie. We're not all the same. We really aren't, right? And so what that creates is this tension inside the kid that usually ends up doing one of two things. Either they overcompensate or they give up the idea that we can be the same, right? So it goes to one of the two extremes because they are getting daily, in fact, hourly proof probably even proved by the second, 
that this statement, we are all the same, is not true. Now, I'm not trying to say that we're not equally valuable, but are we the same? Even parent and child are not the same. Even twins are not the same. We've talked about this before. We're all different. So what if, and this is what I'm trying to propose, and this is where the communication aspect of it comes in, right? What if we shift the way we talk about this, and instead of saying to kids, we're all the same, we teach them that we're all different. Even in the home, we start teaching them, look, mom is different from dad. Mom is different from you. You are different from mom. You are different from your sibling. Your sibling is different from you. But how awesome is that? What if instead of trying to convince them and the world that we're all the same, we start accepting and embracing the fact that we're all different, but that different isn't a bad thing. Different is an amazing thing. I mean, imagine a world in which everybody's the same. That would be horrific. That would be the end of existence as we know it. So what if instead of working so hard to prove a statement that is false, to try and convince people and ourselves and our kids that we're all the same, we start saying, look, it's amazing that we're all different. And that is an awesome thing. That is a great thing. Because the things that I'm not good at, you might be good at. Because the things that I don't like, you do. Because the things that I can't do, you can because when I don't want to or can't get better at something for whatever reason, I can find someone else who actually loves doing that thing that I can't do and get them to help me. And I help them with the things that they don't want to do or they can't do. What if instead of trying to force feed into ourselves and our kids this idea that we all have to be the same, we start accepting and loving the fact that we are all different and instead of making ourselves wrong for that make that the most amazing and most valuable aspect of human existence I mean I remember when I was in elementary school and again keep in mind that I grew up in Puerto Rico I remember being taught about snowflakes when we were talking about matter and the different states of matter and all these things and they were teaching us about snowflakes but I had never seen snow in my life and the teacher tells me this concept of snowflakes are all different you can have millions of snowflakes you can examine all of them and you will never find two that are exactly the same and I remember thinking just how amazing and how outstanding that was. I remember thinking, God, you are so awesome that you're able to make all of these little specks, millions of them, and make them all different. You have such creativity that you can make a million little snowflakes and make them each unique and special and wonderful and different from the other. And I remember thinking just how outstanding that concept was. Why can't we think the same about human beings, right? Now, the funny thing about snowflakes is if you have just been in a snowfall, and remember I went to Rochester, right? So if it has just snowed and you walk outside, you see a blanket of snow. It looks like one thing. It doesn't look like a million different things, but they are. So if we start understanding and accepting that we are all different, and that that is amazing. Then we can start looking at humanity in one, as one big beautiful tapestry filled with all sorts of different shapes, colors, sizes, intentions, loves, and, ex and expectations. And we can stop seeing each of us as 
as stumbling blocks or as objections to one another and start seeing each other as a separate piece of one amazing puzzle that all comes together to create one outstanding world. I want to sincerely thank you for joining in this conversation today. I know your time is precious and I don't take your sharing in this conversation with me lightly. There's a million other things you could be doing. So again, I want to thank you for being here with me today. I hope you have found great value, inspiration, and encouragement in our conversation today. And if you have, I invite you to share this podcast with someone else who you think might need that bit of inspiration today. I also want to invite you to head on over to marciamara.com where you will have access to tons of additional resources, including a free PDF copy of my Tough Talks checklist, which walks you through step-by-step how to engage in those not-so-easy conversations with the people closest to you. I hope to chat again with you soon. Again, this is Marcia Amaro, and this has been Sincerely Speaking.